Cork's Red FM, The Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6pm, Cork's Red FM. Good evening, folks. You're very welcome along to The Big Red Bench. Roy here with you until 7pm and a packed hour of sport coming your way. On the show tonight, we're going to be going live to Andrew Horgan for tonight's Bon Secours Premier Senior Football Championship quarterfinal. Ban Colleague taking on Carberry. And it is Ban Colleague who are leading there. I'll get you up to date on that one in just a bit. Going to have a reaction from the Senior A quarterfinal today. We don't have Ross being Dohan these today, 13 points to 8. We'll hear from both managers on the show this evening. Big night tomorrow night, the Rebel Oak Premier 1 Minor Hurling Championship final taking place. Douglas and Middleton going head to head. We'll hear from both. And we'll hear from Neptune's Jordan Blount as they prepare for the start of the new Super League season. A pack show coming your way. You're listening to the Big Red Bench on Cork's Red FM. Absolutely delighted you could join us here on the Big Red Bench. We are here until 7pm. If you'd like to get in touch, you can always text us 0868104106 or you can tweet us at Big Red Bench on Twitter if you want to get in touch with us that way. And uh, you can get in touch with us there as well and via text or WhatsApp, whichever suits you the best. Uh, we'll go straight to Parky Creeve actually and get an update from Andrew Horgan who is covering the game for us on the Big Red Bench tonight. It looks like it's all over bar the shouting. Ballon Colleague leading Carberry and yeah, it doesn't look like Carberry going to come back from that scoreline, Andrew. Yeah, not that I want to repeat my jinxing <laughs> of uh, last weekend, but no, it certainly looks like Ballancolic are well on course for victory here. Um, as things stand at the moment, it is 4-10 to Ballancolic to Carberry's 1-9. Um, so yeah, they've, they've really stepped up a gear the second half. Started really well in the first half as well. A couple of key in Dorgan penalties had them in control early on. Although Carberry hit back uh, through Rory Dean. Um but yeah, it's been all Balancolic in this half. They were ahead at half time, two six to one six. But um, a couple of more goals in the second half. Um, with Darren Murphy, I think scoring a goal in each half um, really has them in control here now. And um, as I said, fifty minutes on the clock, it's Balancolic four ten, Carberry one nine. Yeah, was it just a case of those goals just kind of deflating Carberry, or have Balancolic just massively stepped things up in the second half? Um, probably a bit of both, to be honest. As say Carberry is at a did well initially um, in the, the beginning of the first half but Balancolic were 1-1-0 one, one up after just three minutes but um, now they came back into it through that Roy Dean goal but in the second half yeah just Balancolic have just stepped it up a gear Carberry missed a great goal chance already which would have reduced the deficit but um, just couldn't take it and Balancolic have been lethal at the other and I'd say Darren Murphy in particular has been in great form today he scored 2-4 for all coming from play but Keen Dorgan has also chipped in with 2-2 uh, although two of them were penalties and the other two were frees but um yeah, it's just um, seems like Balancolic have stepped up again. Carberry couldn't live with them in the second half. No, it looks like it's going to be a Balancolic victory there. Andrew, we'll come back to you in full time in about 10 minutes' time. No problem at all. Thanks. That's Andrew Horgan there at Parky Creeve for the Big Red Bench tonight. And it is Balancolic on course for a win over Carberry. There were 10 minutes uh, left to go in that game. In the Senior A quarter final today, Donovan Ross uh, have beaten Dohanies. Uh, earlier on today at Wolfstone Park at 13 points to 8 was how that finished as I mentioned we will have reaction uh, from that game coming up in just a little bit um, as Ger McCarthy was down at Wolfstone Park for us we'll hear from Ger um, in just a bit as uh, he spoke uh, to both managers the uh, Cork LGFA Championship today 
uh, in the uh, in the early game here all beating Moran Abbey one by uh, one fifteen to three points Kinsale beating Fermoy by a point two goals uh, and ten to fifteen points was how that finished today uh, elsewhere Bride Rovers and Clonakilty going head to head finished in a victory for Bride Rovers five fourteen. Uh, to 2-6 was how that finished earlier on today and uh, at half time it was uh, St Val's leading Inch Rovers 1-12 to 1-3 the score we have from there alright going to wrap up uh, today's Premier League action Arsenal back top of the table after win over Brentford today Nigel Bidmead was watching it Nil, Arsenal 3, Arsenal back on top of the table following this dominant performance. They scored twice in the first half hour through headers from William Saliba and Gabriel Jesus and added a third soon after the restart when Fabio Vieira marked his full league debut with a bending left-footed shot. Brentford were second best throughout and New England centre-forward Ivan Tony had a very quiet game. Right at the end, Arsenal handed a debut to 15-year-old midfielder Ethan Anwery, the youngest ever ever player to feature in a Premier League game. Brentford nil, Arsenal 3. So that is Arsenal back top of the table a point clear of both Manchester City and Tottenham who registered victories yesterday boss Mikel Arteta says his players did exactly what he asked of them today We talked before the game we have the opportunity to go back uh, yesterday they took it away from us uh, we won it back and we have to show that desire from, from the first minute and, uh, and we've done it Elsewhere today in the second game of the day Everton picking up their first win of the season Shane Pennington was at Goodison Park Everton won, West Ham nil. It's been a long time coming, but Everton finally have their first win of the new season after a scrappy encounter here on Merseyside. Neil Mopé's first goal for the host was enough to grab all three points and leave West Ham in the relegation zone. Save Ben Rama had their best opportunity, but saw his effort hit the post as the visitors' indifferent start continues. But it's relief for Everton and Frank Lampard who extend their unbeaten run now to five matches. Everton won, West Ham nil. Yeah, five unbeaten now for the Toffees in the top flight. There's your hurt, Shane. May- mentioned their first win of the season after beating West Ham 1-0 today their manager is Frank Lampard and he says it was good to see his players enjoy the moment with their fans today we had to hold on and to fight and dig in we showed a lot of parts of our game today in different ways and we'll get better for sure but not important to celebrate you know, when you play a team with the level of West Ham just one win from the first seven top flight games now of the season for West Ham the Irons in the bottom three in the table boss Devon Moy says his side are still adapting to playing in Europe but that shouldn't be an excuse for their performance try to put new players in and try to get the best of them and find out a lot about them yet but uh, but yeah today we found out little bits but it was mainly about the players I know about they were the ones uh, in the main who let me down at different times with sort of poor play overall Elsewhere today in Scotland, Celtic uh, losing for the first time in 38 games after a 2-0 defeat to St Mirren today. But a controversy in that game as well. Well, beforehand, certainly, uh, the Celtic fans disrupting a minute's applause for the Queen as uh, they chanted against the monarchy during what was supposed to be uh, a moment's applause uh, for the Queen. Uh, so that's Hearts up to third. They're five points behind Celtic after winning uh, 3-0 at Motherwell. So, Celtic just two points clear of Rangers heading into the international break. Uh, Celtic boss Ange Postacoglu says his side uh, were out of sorts today. Could be a thousand reasons for it, but ultimately, um, what you look at the wash up is that you know we didn't perform to the levels that we have been, and uh, that cold hearted reflection will come. We've had a decent run of uh, results over the last year, and um, 
you know, part of football is to, to see how you overcome setbacks and today was one. St Mirren boss is Stephen Robinson and he is absolutely delighted. Credit to the players, absolutely fantastic performance. You can work all week on things um, and we said about being brave on the ball and playing on the counter-attack and you know it's probably as close to uh, doing exactly what we asked them to do as you could get. Elsewhere today in the FA Cup, it's a battle of the top two in the quarterfinals. Derry City taking on Shamrock Rovers at the Roy McBride Brandywell Stadium today. 50 minutes on the clock there. Uh, Derry City leading uh, by a goal to nil. Jamie McGonagall with the goal there in the uh, first half after just 17 minutes for the Candy Stripes. Uh, Shamrock Rovers down to 10 as well. Lee Grace sent off for the hoops. Elsewhere, uh, Shelburne into the last four. They had a 3-0 win over Bohemians. Early on today, fantastic win for uh, Damien Duff's side and uh, Treaty United and Waterford uh, await in the last four there as well. Elsewhere today, the uh, women's national, uh, the women's uh, Premier League, uh, women's league uh, kicking off cross channel. The champions Chelsea travelling to newly promoted Liverpool to kick off their campaign. The Blues leading their one nil. Frank Kirby with a penalty. Irish stars Nia Fahey and Leanne Kiernan starting for the Reds. Potential hot challengers Man City beaten four three by Aston Villa in the early game. Elsewhere, Tottenham beat Leicester City two one. West Ham had a one nil win over Everton today in golf a final round of 68 that means Roy McIlroy recorded a fourth place finish at the Italian Open today the Northern Irishman shot three birdies in four holes on the back nine to put himself in contention before a gammy drive basically on 16 ended his challenge into the water former world number one finished up on 12 under par for the week two shots off the pace Robert McIntyre edging out uh, Matt Fitzpatrick in the playoff to be crowned champion for 2022 Fitzpatrick though was um, distracted by a camera shutter going off uh, during his drive uh, on that playoff hole so not uh, not good for Matt Fitzpatrick at all but uh, fantastic performance from him over the week uh, rowing Olympic champions Fintan McCarthy and Paula Donovan safely through to the next round of the World Rowing Championships in the Czech Republic the skip duo finishing first in their heat this afternoon in a time of 6 minutes 15 seconds point 11 they breezed past the Czech team who finished in second and booked their spot in the quarterfinals elsewhere Brian Colch Lady Heafy Hugh Moore and the team of Phil Doyle and Conan Patea have all progressed to the next stages of their respective uh, events and racing at this toll coming to an end this evening as well the final race of the day the 10 past 5 flat race went to the Willie Mullins who trained at Polo Lounge a fourth victory of the day for the Carlo trainer with his son Patrick on board alright uh, we are going to start the show with uh, Gaelic Games and uh, in the senior A quarter final today Donovan Rossa have beaten Doheny's 13 points to 8 at Wolfton Park where they will face St Michael's in the last four Gina Donovan is uh, Donovan Rossa boss he's speaking to our man Jeremy McCarthy who is down at Wolfton Park today no. Gene first of all congratulations um, really good solid performance for you in unusual conditions very warm very humid conditions but you're in the county semi-finals this is where you want to be how do you assess that overall performance from Skip today? Yeah, the, the typical skip performance gave me about five heart attacks. Um, and as you know, I had surgery last year. Like, But um, no, that's team. That's why we're trying to get into these for this head, and that's why we're trying to try to bring through a club team, T E A M. There was no individuals out there today. They played as a team. The fellas came off the bench, they played as a team. And I think it was a great team performance. And like, that's Donnie's. I'm knocking there, knocking there, knocking there. But maybe Donnie's getting to fall since. Uh, you know, security from last year's performance, but 
I was called during the week. These boys are a different set of animals, different team, and we had a different team out today. Do you know? So, yeah. you, no. You've talked about confidence in the skib setup since you took over the job. It was the thing you needed to inject first of all. You've done that now. You're into a county semi final. You're facing St. Michael's. Um, what kind of a challenge is that going to pose? Uh, Thank you. The timing, George, to be honest, is going to be huge. Um, recovery now. We count the cost. They have 24 hours to come back to me with injuries. We get them into the physio within another 12, 14 hours if we can. And then we assess where we are. And um, recovery is going to be the huge thing this year, obviously, or this, this week. And if we can get these boys back up and running, I think we, we can, we can, you know, give a good call. I looked over there a couple of years ago against their org. Um, they know themselves, the boys over there. That wasn't the greatest performance in the world either. So these boys are hurting lads because of the comments we made around them. Mm. Do you know what I mean? That they're hurting because of the stuff being said about them. And they have underachieved and they know that. And they'll take that from me, but they won't take it from others outside the camp. Like, so tell them they're, they're underachievers and they'll, they'll, they'll react to it. You know? But yeah, looking forward, looking really looking forward to the, to the, to the next day out. I think it's next weekend. Mm. Are you happy enough at halftime, I presume? Up, like having conceded only three points, maybe you could have had a few more scores, but you, you kind of kept them at arm's length. For, for most of the second half like I think we controlled the game for 50 minutes of that game today yeah um, and it's something we have to look at because uh, against Island Rovers you were there um, against even against Newmarket where we put up a big score we kind of left, we left us down for 10 minutes in, in the second half of all those games and if we can address that I think we're going to be very hard to beat I generally do because we, we, we can now defend as well as attack and look dead and all perform to 100% of the day they won't mind me saying that they'll know it themselves there's two or three lads I need to step it up again you know so yeah but look they're a happy bunch that's the main thing um, it was mentioned during the week you know where we'd rather be the quarter final or out we took the quarter final we took the long route and we're here and we've another day out thank God and Supporters are happy for a change. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Donovan there, what Donovan Ross is speaking after their win today over down these 13 points to 8 at Wolfstone Park. Result from the uh, Ladies Football uh, Senior Eight Championship, St. Val's have beaten uh, Introvers uh, to 21 to 9 points. Uh, so a big win there uh, for St. Val's. I'm going to hear from Donny's manager, he's Declan O'Dwyer, speaking to Jer. Um, Declan O'Dwyer, Declan O'Dwyer, commiserations on today's uh, Senior Eight Football Championship loss. Can I put it to you, having seen Donny's on a couple of occasions this year? That wasn't really a typical Donny's performance. I know, look, I just said to the lads there, you need everything to kind of go for you on a day. Um, it didn't, uh, look, in all fairness, I can't doubt the effort again and the, out, like, the intensity in the tackle. I think our turnovers were very good. Like We're, we're always playing against a bigger team, but I don't think you'd ever kind of tell that lucky out with the tell- challenges and the turnovers. Um, but look, you need everything to kind of go for you. You miss a penalty, the run of wides in the first half. It's not typical of us, no. Yeah, you're shooting, which is something that you pride yourselves on and have been really good at all year. Conversion rate has been very high. It wasn't today when you needed it to be. No, no, look. And look, you could go on and say it is wide, but it's not It's not a lack of effort. Like, like we're training half seven every night or three times a week, and the lads, the forwards are there at seven o'clock every night kicking balls. Like, it just, it's pressure. It's pressure from Skib. It's pressure of the occasion. It does a lot of factors, like, but you just can't doubt the lads for missing them either. Like, they're, they're in the positions, like, so you have to give credit to them too, you know? And yeah, you mentioned the penalty. Hypothetically, had he got in, we don't know what might have happened, but look, you know Jerry McCarthy long enough and how important he is to this setup, but I mean, disappointing to miss the penalty uh, and miss that rebound as well, because it could turn things in your favour uh, of course it would it was like 10, one, six at the, 10 to 6 at the time mm-hmm. um, that was a game changer in all fairness but look as you said about Jory I'd say in the game in general he was absolutely outstanding Jory's the oldest player on the team for us there and and probably one of the lightest but my god the hits and the turnovers today and he walks over every game 
like he can't start for about a few days again. So uh, you can't do it. Look, I don't. He missed yeah, it. That's it's yeah. done. He, like we, we, he's our penalty take, or you know, he scores probably nine times out of ten to practice the training. So you know. Okay, well, listen. Thanks anyway, and uh, commiserations again. But thanks for all you have to share. Thanks, sir. Thanks very much. Yes, Declan Dwyer there, the Donnings manager, uh, speaking to Jar after uh, today's uh, defeat uh, to oh, Donovan Rossi. It's 13 points to 8 was how it finished at uh, Wolftone Park uh, this afternoon. All right, back to uh, Park Equipe. Full-time whistle just about to go and uh, Balancholic uh, looks like they are going to be into the semi-finals. Carberry getting the scores back a little bit, Andrew, but they left themselves a far too much work to do. Yeah, it's a went to the final few seconds here now and it's Balancholic breaking away with the ball. So the referee pretty much looks like he is going to end things in the next few seconds or so. But yeah, since we last spoke in fairness to Carberry, they haven't given up. They've actually scored five of the last six points. A couple of great scores from Brian O'Driscoll as well to add to his impressive tally of five for the day. Three of those coming from three earlier in the game. But yeah, it's just too little, too late. They, they obviously really needed gold. As I said, the score at this moment in time is four. Balancholic 4-11, Carberry 1-14. They trail by two goals. So, fairness to them, as I said, for not giving up, and they're on the attack at the moment. But it is goals they needed, and they probably haven't left it too late. All right, Andrew, thanks very much indeed for that. That's Andrew Horgan there down in Parker Cueve, and hopefully, we'll get uh, some uh, post match reaction uh, coming up on the bench just before we finish up here at uh, 7 pm this evening. All right, the uh, Rebel Old Premier One Minor Hurling Championship final taking place tomorrow night. Douglas Middleton going head to head in Parker Inn. That's an 8 o'clock start time for that one. We're going to hear from both managers now, starting with Willie Coveney of Douglas speaking to our own Aidan Lee. All right, delighted to say I'm joined on the line by Willie Coveney, the Douglas Minor Hurling boss. Willie, thanks for joining us. No problem, Aidan. Uh, yourself and the team must be very excited, I imagine, ahead of the final Monday. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a nice end to the season. Um, hopefully we'll get the result we want. Um, but uh, the lads have been very solid all year, so probably justified um, in be, being in the final and uh, put a big test against Middleton out to come. And they're also in the football final as well, which is a great achievement. Yeah, yeah, I suppose minor is probably maybe one of the last grades. Um, you could you could uh, you can uh, work the dual situation, you know, and there'll be um, a fair fo- a fair turnover on, on on both teams playing both. So um, it's massive, yeah. Um, so hopefully, as I said, we get the result Monday and they get to the the following week um, uh, against Valleys. But um, two tough games to come, so nothing's guaranteed. Absolutely, yeah. And I suppose just yourselves then a very tense semi final with Valley Rovers. It went all the ways down to the wire. It did, yeah, it did, um, and we pulled it out at the death, really. Um, you know, they'd gone ahead, and it looked it looked to be gone for us, and we got a great goal uh, to bring us back level and 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 tapped on two scores. So, um, yeah, very very tense game. Uh, I, I I find the hurling championship, especially, uh, um, very even. You know, across all the teams, the other two semi-finals, the same, Ballincollig and Middleton. So, and Valleys beat Douglas in um in the 16 semi uh, the year previous. So. Um, they're very, very evenly matched teams and I, I wouldn't expect any different on Monday night. Yeah, you faced Middleton a few times already this year, I believe, and like you said, they're tough semi-final for them against Ballincollig that they came through. They did, yeah, yeah, hurled very well. Um, you know, it was, it was it was the end of our of, of our lovely weather in, in the second half from when the monsoon came, so it was tough conditions there to, 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 to get used to again, but um, they did hurl very well, the usual for Middleton, lovely hurlers all over the field, well able to hurl in every position. Um, yeah, we played we played them in the league game this year, and uh, it was very close. So, um, yeah, I'd, I'd be expecting more of the same. Um, Monday night, you know, late late start for the kids on Monday after being back to school, and the the weather's coming in a bit. So, um, maybe different to the to the high summer league game, but um, yeah, I, I know that will be entertaining. Hopefully, at least. 
Yeah, squad wise, have you any issues heading into it? Uh, a couple of niggles, as you'd expect, Aidan, with the with the the football and and the hurling. You know, they've been on the go now. I'd say. I don't know, between two, three group games, uh, semi-final each, you know, the bones of, we'll say, six to eight weeks um, back-to-back, you know, so um, so it's been, it's been tough for them. So just more of a more of a tiredness than anything else, but, you know, that won't be any, that won't make for the winning and losing on Monday night, you know, they'll be well up for the game, you know. Yeah, like that chance to get out and park your rain in a big final, I'm sure the adrenaline might, uh, might uh, take away from those few knocks. I think so, yeah, yeah. There was talks they'd be there for the semi, but it ended up in the Maradike, which is a grand venue, so... It's um it's a new for my tail. Most of them wouldn't have played here, so it's a it's a nice treat, and uh, and hopefully hopefully they'll be able to perform and, and we get a good game, you know. Absolutely. Well, it looks like it's going to be an absolute cracker. 8 p.m. Monday night, Parky Rain. Willie, best of luck, and uh, thanks for joining us on the Big Red Bench. Appreciate it, Aidan. Yeah, it's Willie Coveney of Douglas. They're looking ahead to the Rebel Oge Premier One Minor Hurling Championship final. They face Middleton tomorrow, and as Aidan said, eight o'clock in Porky Rin uh, for that one. Uh, all over in Porky Cueve, Ballancolic have beaten Carberry four eleven to one fifteen. Was out finishing the Bonsecours Premier Senior Football Championship quarter final this evening. All right, uh, gonna have more from that. Uh, uh, minor game tomorrow and we're going to hear from uh, Middleton boss Peter Smith Alright I'm delighted to say I'm joined on the line by Peter Smith the Middleton uh, minor hurling boss um, I imagine uh, Peter you're very excited ahead of Monday's final at Parky Rin Yeah we're very excited for the lads it's a big opportunity for them um, they've been waiting for this I'd say since they're under 14 they kind of got caught uh, with that whole minor going to under 17 15 13 thing so uh, this this is the the only true championship from under fourteen to under seventeen. So they've been waiting a long time for it. They're raring to go. So raring to go as well. Douglas, indeed, they're the same boat. Yeah, uh, you, you came through a, a semi final against uh, Balancoli, where goals proved crucial. Yeah, they did. They did. You, when you get them, you need to get them at the right time. And and uh, we've pushed a, a big man up front there in Dara Scanlon, and he got a great goal that starts off. And uh, Dan Gar got the second one. So. Yeah, as the old saying goes with matches. Exactly, absolutely. Um, squad wise, did everyone make it through? Have you any issues? No, we seem to be clear. We seem to be clear. Just, you know, I was going to have a couple of small niggly things, but uh, as I said, Darren Scanlon in particular, there, no, broke his finger against. Uh, he had a bad break against the Glen in the first match, and he's made it through. So that's a big plus for us. Douglas similarly came through a, a tough semi final against Valley Rovers, and again, two goals for them proving vital. Yeah, yeah, one very late on. They got one two, was it, in the last kind of five minutes to seal the deal. Um, and as timing is everything like. Uh, but Doug, Douglas are a very good side. They're unbeaten all year. Um, and I think they're in the football final as well. So all goes well for them. Often at underage level, I suppose, you'll have met at some stage. Have you played already this year? Oh, we have. We've played. We, 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 we seem to play them an awful lot. We seem to play Douglas more than anything. So. Um, yeah, no, there's never much more than a puck of ball between the two teams. So it should make for a fantastic final. And it's nice as well for the lads to be getting a run out in Parky Rin. Well, fabulous. The more times you go up there, that's, that's where you uh, you go to win things. So the more times you, you get a run out in Parky Ring, uh, all the better for the lads for their experience going. Like they'll be going into adult hurling after this year. So, you know, that's, that's where you have to go to win things. Absolutely. Look, it promises to be an exciting match. 8 p.m. Monday night, Parky Rin. Peter, thanks very much and the best of luck. You're very welcome. That's Peter Smith there, Middleton boss. Uh, very best luck uh, to both Middleton and Douglas tomorrow on the Rebel Oak Premier One Minor Hurling Championship final. 8 o'clock, the start time for that one in Porky Rin.
Uh, right, we're going to talk uh, football now and uh, Stephen Kenny naming his squad uh, for the upcoming uh, Nations League games with uh, Scotland uh, next Saturday and against uh, Armenia on Tuesday week. We're going to hear from Stephen Kenny just talking about the squad in general as a whole but a lot of questions were um, asked about Cuevin Keller uh, because he's not in the squad, he is injured and uh, Jurgen Klopp uh, wasn't um, happy with Ireland because they reckon he got injured while um, uh, representing um, Ireland. Stephen Kenny's basically said um, we didn't have uh, any we were told that he was injured basically so there's been a bit of a war of words between Jurgen Klopp and the FBI um, uh, Jurgen Klopp just isn't happy and he isn't injured and he's not in the squad so we're going to hear what Stephen Kenny had to say uh, about Cuevin Keller first this is uh, Stephen Kenny talking uh, more generally about the squad Well I think we, we're going into the games uh, next week knowing that we still have a chance of finishing second in the group which potentially could give us a playoff for the European Championships a tough group Ukraine of course look strong favourites to win the group they've been amazing really Ukraine considering all they've gone through and terrific players they've shown their quality overall Um, so they've got to play Scotland twice which is interesting Um, but we've got to look after ourselves we've got a tough game obviously in Hamden against Scotland and then we go and play Armenia here Obviously, which we're looking forward to. And one of the 2016 uh, Euros heroes, Robbie Brady, he's back in the squad, first time since March 2021. Yeah, no, it's 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 18 months out of the squad for Robbie, and, and probably, you know, if he is one of our better players for sure, uh, all things been equal, but things haven't been equal for him because his body has let him down uh, frequently, and that's been most unfortunate. And um, it's just good to see him. He's not in. He's, he's only in on on absolute merit. It's not in because we do admire him as a player and the talent that he possesses. But he's in because his performances for Preston have been um, different, really, for a left wing back. Like he offers you different things. Very creative passer. Very creative passer from that position. Quality crossing, and just sees things so early. And he has played well in that position uh, to date this season. I've been a few times to see Preston, obviously, and um, you know I've enjoyed his performances. And the last one for me, just ask about Michael Benny. He hasn't featured in the last two uh, squads for Swansea City. Have you spoken to him, or do you know what the situation is there? Yeah, I've spoken to Michael, and uh, like everything else, is two sides or, or three sides to every story and certainly Michael wants to play football you know he wants to play football wants to play for Swansea so um, obviously he's been omitted from the last couple of squads after the deadline day bids and so forth um, it's, it's, it's not ideal uh, we, we want our players playing coming in in good form so it's just one of those things I'm sure he'll be back playing shortly and uh, we're delighted to have him in the squad because I've got to see him we've seen him we've watched him a few times this season and it, you know he's played well he's been at the level that he finished off last season ok maybe that's not been translated into the goals but I've I, I seen him against Blackpool where he ran 60 yards he was right in on goal right to win the game and just unselfishly laid it off to Oliver Incham to, to score to win the game and then scored a great goal against Millwall so he has he has done some good things and his, his form has been good overall 
Callum is talented, left foot, direct, uh, dribbler, um, but has not been able to get a run of games with you know his previous club Bristol City and his hamstring is he got a really bad hamstring injury and reoccurred and um, a very difficult period for Callum so he's been through a lot because he's had a few false false dawns where he's come back and looked like he was getting back and then it, it went again and sometimes you get that with explosive players and so Callum has been through a lot he's obviously moved um, moved to Cardiff and started the season well and played in three different positions played on the right wing played on the left wing played actually four different as a left back in one and, and as a wing back so he's quite versatile player Callum and uh, I would hope that he'd be potentially someone that's important uh, you know a significant player for us in the in the qualifications for the European Championships between March and November I would hope that Callum would be involved yeah, Andrew, I think for Andrew it's different because when you're a young player and you've never been injured, it's new. It's new, to, you know, it's, it's uncharted territory and it's a stress fracture as well in, in your back, a potential stress fracture. So that's, you know, that, 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 that's what creates uncertainty. And uh, so that was a, lo- a long period out for Andrew. He burst on the scene had a really exceptional start to his international career he only had seven league games played when we played him against Portugal and he didn't disappoint and you know we knew what we were getting and um, he, he really excelled in those performances that he played in but obviously that, that set him back somewhat and, but he's been an ever present in the Norwich team at the start of the season and they're going well and he's performing to a good level I think with Quivian, listen, in, in regard, if Quivian tweaks, tweaks something in the game against Ukraine, it wasn't evident by his performance. Like, he performed very well in the game. done everything really well. And um, actually, I honestly wasn't, wasn't aware of him being injured at that time. I th- you know, obviously, he trained with Liverpool and when he went back in pre-season and got injured. But certainly, uh, it was something that... We weren't aware of, but the good thing is, anyway, he's making good progress and is, is back soon, very soon, and should be back for for the for the next camp for sure. No, I haven't spoken to Jurgen Klopp, but the medical teams have been in constant contact, and uh, so that's been that's been you know evident. You know. Next question in the live section. If you want to raise your hands, Doctor Alan Bourne. This is last game, obviously, and he's been involved. You know. Great reputation, been involved in 200, over 200 internationals. So, you know, they always write medical notes on every injury and always write extensive medical notes on every injury. So we have no medical notes on Quibian from, the, from, the, from, the, from, the, from the last camp, you know what I mean? There's no, no, there's no medical notes. So it's, um, he obviously, if he did tweak on, we sort of weren't aware of it. And uh, he, he played well in the game, played terrifically well in the game. It's just one of those things. So we'll all move on. Like, it's not, you know, it's, He's re- he, re- he obviously re- got injured in training when he went back and it's one of those things that it's unfortunate but I'm sure he's nearly back I believe he's nearly back and he's making good progress so hopefully yeah, it's unfortunate for Quivey and himself What happened to the chart you're in just to kind of you know close it down and, and be able to move on instead of having I, I'm sure I'm sure we're fine I'm sure that, I'm sure it's not there's no disarmament there I'm sure Final sure. question on the line. I'm sure we're out like we We've great respect for Liverpool. I'm sure you know that's not an issue. You know. Final question in the last section, just up there, please. Yeah, I think 
And what, what a hat-trick last night, like they were absolutely, three goals were excellent, really top-class goals. Um, and um, I must say, uh, Scott wasn't in the Birmingham team regularly when, towards the end of last season, he had periods where he was out of the team and then we had a five-week gap between the championship finishes and, and our first game in, in the group. So that had its challenges for Scott and obviously started you know he had a goal sort of chalked off if you like against Scotland was over the line not given but um, against Ukraine um, he he played 50 odd minutes but, but certainly he wasn't at the level then uh, probably physically than he is now he's at a much different level now physically because he's had a full pre-season and he under John Eustace he has been sort of the main man at Birmingham and even though he'd only he got two goals going into last night his work rate and his threat the threat he was causing in a team that were before they had their recent signings just in the team they were they were struggling in the early part of the season but he was still a focal point and obviously I've been to see them a couple of times and I've seen him score against Norwich obviously last week in the, uh, you know in, in the game in, two weeks ago in the game in, in St Andrews and um, it was that's probably one of the best nights of his career let's say um, you know getting a hat-trick in a derby like that in the Midlands derby and um, you know I'm sure I spoke to him actually yesterday which I wouldn't normally do on a match day but spoke to him yesterday just to you know, let him know that he was in the squad, and um, he he, um, he you know he obviously it was a ter- terrific performance last night for them to to get the three goals. The big red bench on Cork should have found that uh, Republic of Ireland manager Stephen Kenny there speaking about Scott Hogan at the end there uh, scored a hat trick for Birmingham City in that three two win over West Brom and obviously getting the call from uh, Stephen that day obviously gave him uh, a pep and a step going on to score a hat trick in that win fantastic uh, results uh, for Birmingham City the thirty year old back in the uh, Ireland squad and you heard him talk about Queen Kelleher there as well and the the back and forth is going on with Liverpool about Queen Kelleher's injury the Cork man not in the the squad because of uh, that injury. Jurgen Klopp not happy with Ireland Ireland saying we didn't know he was injured he didn't look like he was injured and he wasn't injured going back to Liverpool so it's interesting to see if anything will uh, happen there but it's just unfortunate that the Corkman is uh, not part of um, uh, not part of uh, the Republic of Ireland uh, squad for the uh, upcoming games and a big one uh, against Scotland next week uh, in the Nations League Right still to come on the show we are going to talk basketball and we're going to hear from uh, Neptune's Jordan Blount uh, about him returning to his hometown club The Big Red Bench Saturday and Sunday from 6pm Rory here with you on The Big Red Bench until 7pm in the FAI Cup 10 man Shamrock Rovers have equalised against Derry City Rory Gaffney with the goal for the hoops at the Roy McBride Brandywell Stadium Derry City won Shamrock Rovers won is how it stands and uh, Lee Grace it was who was sent off uh, for uh, the hoops earlier on in that game Jamie McGonagall uh, putting uh, the candy stripes ahead 
in that game so it's one apiece and there is uh, 10 minutes left to play up there on foil side and uh, a result as well from the uh, Bonsa Court Premier Senior Football Championship quarter final Balancholic uh, beating Carberry today 4-11 uh, to one fifteen. Hopefully we'll hear from uh, someone from the Balancholy camp if uh, we get it in on time from our reporter uh, Andrew Horgan who you heard from at the top of the show speaking about that game. Uh, but yeah, uh, a good one there for Balancholic. Now we're going to uh, talk basketball, the launch of the uh, Basketball Ireland National League taking place this week. Now I attended remotely on Zoom and got a chance to speak to, to players from two core clubs, Jordan Blount, who returned to Neptune after 10 years, uh, Brittany Burt, Glenn Myers' new American signing as well. So we're going to hear from Jordan Blount first. I spoke to him um, both uh, about returning to his hometown club uh, facing demons on opening. Now what a game that is going to be. Uh, and much, much more as well. Very entertaining chat, very interesting guy is Jordan Blunt. Uh, so this is me uh, speaking to him uh, and some of the other media as well at uh, the uh, press conference earlier on in the week. Jordan, first off, buddy, I'm good to chat to you. Can you tell me um, why, first off, is now the right time to come back to Neptune? Why do you feel was the right time to return? Um, a couple of reasons. I got, I got married this summer um, and I didn't want to keep jumping. Thank you. Uh, I didn't want to keep jumping country to country. You know, I've been abroad for 11 years now. And uh, I've always, you know, I left so young, I never got to really play at the highest level with Neptune, my home club. Um, and with the changeover of ownership and the new plans and everything that's happening, it's, uh, it's a great time to be part of the club. They're doing a lot of really good stuff. Can you talk to us about your career the last 11 years and where basketball has taken you in that time? Yeah, so I initially left right after my junior cert. I went to England. I was part of a professional club there in Plymouth and played with the underage setup as well. And then through there, I ended up going to Spain uh, in Gran Canaria for two years. Um, I had the off- option to go to Real Madrid at that time as well, but chose to go to the uh, academy because I had goals of playing in the States. And then after that, went to the States, was in the States for five years. I was in Cleveland, I was in Chicago. I got my degree. I played at the highest possible level in the States um, and then turned professionally the last couple of years and played in places like Spain, a couple of play- different places in Spain and in Iceland. And yeah, so it's, it's, it's been a long, long journey. <laughs> so have you been keeping an eye on the Super League and where do you think the Super League standard is right now? Yeah, I've always been interested in it. Um, my dad would always used to watch the games and keep me updated and whenever they were streamed, I would watch... Uh, the standard is definitely a lot higher than what it was when I left. The overall, the average standard of the typical Irish player is higher. Um, and then the level of Americans that we're bringing in is a lot better. And um, I think as a whole, both men's and the women's side, we've taken leaps in the last four or five years from federation pushing and giving a big boost to the sport across the country. Um, and the more and more like people get to see us, you know, for... For me, for example, you know, I've been abroad and people have got to watch my games. I played with the national team and we played at a really, really high level now. So like the, really, the fact that we're more visible to the younger generation, it just gives them inspiration to come up and really put a lot into it. And all the games are being streamed now as well, which is a, a massive plus. Yeah, that was a big, that was a big um, uh, accomplishment on Basketball Ireland side to get that deal done with Joy Mo and create the Basketball Ireland TV it just brings up the professionalism of the league and the federation. You know, it gives us a better look, a better perception on the outside. And when you saw the fixtures for the first round, Neptune Demons, and what's going to be a sold out Neptune Stadium, it just doesn't get much bigger than that, does it, Jordan? 
Yeah, I mean, I think Neptune Demons has to be the most storied rivalry of Irish basketball history. Um, and yeah, I remember being a young fellow watching the games, you know, and I never was in the country at the age of where I was able to play it. So the fact that my first season back, the first game back is against Demons in the Neptune. Um, I'm buzzing. I can't wait for it. And you're obviously arriving back to Neptune with a big reputation, Jordan. Um, do you feel any pressure on your shoulders going into the season? Um, no, not at all. Um, I, you know, I've come into teams before where, where I'd be expected to have a certain role and, and, and act a certain way and everything like that. But the, the thing with this team is this team has found success um, last year. Obviously, they didn't cap it with a trophy, but they found a way to be successful. So I guess my whole mentality and my, mindset was I have to come in and be a part of them rather than trying to make them be a part of me. So I'm just going to come in and do my job. And, and yeah, I mean, I believe in Colin. I believe in our players. So we should be fine. You picked up an injury during the summer, I think, didn't you? How did yes. you call that and getting over that and recovering? Yeah, so I tore ligaments in my ankle and broke a couple of toes. Um, it's Austria over there. Um, and then played the following two, two days later, which didn't really help it. But I had uh, a month and a bit off right after that window. And it's probably the only time in my whole career I've had that length of time off where I didn't do anything. Um, so I spent a lot of time in the seat. I spent a lot of time doing absolutely nothing <laughs> and just giving it time to recover. And I'm back to full fitness now. Yeah, I mean, what, what was it like? I mean, was, was that a chance to refresh mentally and physically for you after, like like Rory was saying, the, the 10 years of yeah. constant basketball and travelling and everything else? Yeah, 100%. Um, like, I think it was two and a half or three years straight where I didn't get any type of a break. Um, and then obviously that long period of time where even through that 10, 11 years, I would have never had a straight month off. So it was it was different. It was refreshing me. It almost set me into retirement because of how good it felt. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, it, it was really good. And, and to come back then into the, into my home club with that type of fresh mindset and fresh body, I was uh, it was perfect. Uh, you, you mentioned retirement there. You're still a very, very young man despite everything yeah. you've done. Um, I know you were talking to the lads in the Echo earlier this summer and you said you know, your reasons for coming home, that you'd love to finish your career here now. So yes. is this it for you? And how long do you think you can continue playing? Because like I said, yeah. you've you a lot in the bank, but you're still very, very young. Like how, how, long, how much longer do you think you'll keep going? Um, going? I think I could, I, yeah, I think in the Irish Super League, I could continue playing for another 10 years at least. Mm-hmm. That's not my goal. Mm-hmm. I don't want to do that. I don't want to play... I, and my ego is too big for me to continue playing when I don't feel like I'm the best player on the court. Right. So I made that decision. I had that conversation with my wife. I was like, as, as soon as I feel like I'm not the best basketball player on the court. Okay. Um, your wife's from Chicago, I believe, is she? She is Egyptian, yeah, but grew up in Chicago. Right. Okay. So, I mean, it, it, it's, a, it's a big change for, for both of you in your life as well, coming over here and whatever. Um, how's it been settling back in? Because I know you've had some shorter periods where you've been yeah. home but just getting your head around the fact that you haven't yeah. away for a decade and now like this is it for the foreseeable or whatever yeah so it's it's been really good it's been really um i think fresh is the best word to use for it because for her the whole city is new you know what i mean so i'm getting a new outlook a new perspective on what the city looks like for me because i'm seeing it through her perspective um, so it kind of freshens things up for me and makes it seem a bit new. She's loving it. You know, it's her first time living in Europe. It's nothing like the States, you know what I mean? She's coming from a big city like Chicago. So she goes from seeing the same type of stuff every day to getting 
excited at different colored doors throughout the city. So, <laughs> small stuff. What's your wife's name? Yeah. Her name is Salma. Sorry, can you spell that? S-A-L-M-A. Uh, Salma, yeah. okay. Yeah. Um, are you doing a bit of coaching with the club as well now that you're back? Yes. So I'm coaching the under-15 team in the club. I'm also coaching the South under-15 regional team um, that's governed through the post-primary schools and Basketball Ireland. Um, and I just got the assistant coaching job under 15s for the Munster boys team. Okay, so that's 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 very very involved, very committed. Where do you yeah. want to go with that? Is that something you see long term for yourself in coaching side of it? Yeah, I think the big thing for me is like I've had the blessed opportunities of playing at the highest levels in Europe and the states and seeing the academies and the colleges and the professional side of things and. When I was beginning my process, I didn't have anyone I could go talk to or learn to learn from that did what I did. So now, like the the realities and the pathways for kids in Ireland to go abroad is very much more realistic. So, if they want to go to Europe, I've been there. I've experienced it. If they want to go to the States, I've been there. I've experienced this. So my whole thing is that I want to be a part of as much of the youth basketball as I can to give everything that I've learned. That's John Blunt there of uh, Neptune Stadium back at his hometown club after leaving 10 years ago, almost 11 years ago as a 15-year-old. He is back and uh, great to chat. Some very, very interesting guys you could hear there and uh, it promises to be a cracking season and what a cracking start to it as well. Neptune versus Demons uh, first game the season sold at Neptune Stadium the atmosphere in that place is going to be absolutely electric so yeah it's going to be a cracking cracking first night of basketball there now also at that press conference I got a chance to speak to Brittany Bird who rose into a UCC Glamour team who completed an historic treble last year we heard from Brittany at the press conference about her hopes of the season working under Mark Scannell her career path to date which is very very interesting as well and much more so this is the chat from uh, Brittany Bird of UCC Glamour at the press conference this week Hi Brittany, nice uh, to talk to you first off. Um, can you tell us, um, I suppose, how you're settling in to, to, to Glamour first off? Um, it's actually been going really good. I like, I'm really enjoying the team. I'm really loving how uh, we just had a game Saturday. I'm really loving how we've uh, played together. Um, it seems like it's going to be um, a pretty nice season for us this season. So it's been going really well. And obviously, Glamour were so successful last year. Do you feel like there's a bit of pressure on you in the season to, to, to try and at least match that this year? Um, yes, there's a little bit of pressure, but I think we can get it done. And Brittany, can you talk to me about your head coach, Mark Scanlon, I suppose what he brings to the table as a head coach? Um, actually, Mark brings to the table. He keeps us positive. If we're doing wrong, he always try to fix it, change it during the game. Um... I actually like him as a coach. He's very he's very good at really communicating with us well, and it's been pretty easy for me to actually understand, especially coming from uh, Mexico where they only speak Spanish. So I'm glad I'm actually on a team that actually speaks English, and it's been it's been pretty nice actually playing for him now. Can I just ask you about your your previous experience? You, you mentioned Mexico there. I know you've played in Middle East as well. Could you give yeah. us a rundown of your of your I suppose your resume since you left um, since you left college? Um, so after I graduated college in 2019, I actually went and played for a team um, from Syria in Dubai. We played in a little one-month tournament. 
Um, I played there. We didn't really make it far in there. Um, then I went and played in Mexico in 2020. Uh, we didn't have a good season, but the team was was pretty good. Um, I just feel like um, if the girls actually would have bought in, we could have actually made it far in that league as well. Um, then I also played in Nicaragua with Team No Fear Basketball, and we actually made it to the championship. We went undefeated the whole um Oh, uh, like season, and then after we went undefeated, we went to the championship, and we kind of lost in the championship. But um, in that league, I won MVP, and I won uh, two points made and three points made. And then after MVP, I mean after that season, we I went back to Mexico, and once again, I thought the team would you know be much better and bought in. We were bought in for sometimes, but it was a lot of like. Mis- mistakes, miscues, like, within the team that I felt like, you know, that could have been better on the coaching part, the, the the players' part, and everything like that. But other than that, that's basically been my my resume from playing it's, uh, um, it's a fantastic yeah. resume. It's, it's so varied, and you've done some brilliant traveling. What's it been like even away from the court just to experience all those different destinations, lifestyles, oh, cultures. It's been very interesting. Like, um, I, this has been my dream since I started playing basketball. I always wanted to go overseas. I've always wanted to play professional basketball, even if it was in the WNBA. But obviously, I'm not there. But overseas just really been, like, my number one dream. And I'm actually happy that I'm actually living this dream and actually playing and winning and meeting new people and just being around different like cultures. The cultures are very important. I learned a lot just from Mexico and Nicaragua and also in Ireland. Like I've been learning a lot here too as well. And it's been a, a really good experience for me. Can I ask you about the uh, um, the experience with the Syrian club? Because obviously, um, you know, all we hear about Syria for the last 10 years is civil war and everything. It was a Syrian club, but based no, in Hawaii. No, it, 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 it was just in Syria. Uh, I went there for probably like two weeks, and then we ended up flying to Dubai afterwards. And once we left, once we done was that. It was just a little tournament. But um, around the time that I did go to Syria, um, I think one of their presidents had been killed or something. I, I'm not really sure, but it was around that time. But it wasn't a lot of war when I was there at least but it's, it wasn't, know, it wasn't like, I mean, how did you feel going there I mean that's that's a pretty big decision like yeah. you say given everything we've heard about Syria were, were you nervous was it yeah I really was oh. nervous I was, I was nervous but I was like I mean I kind of I Sorry, but the audio quality there with that is uh, Brittany Bird of UCC Glanmire speaking um, about uh, arriving uh, to Cork and uh, the uh, American uh, playing abroad and stuff like that as well. So it's going to be a big season for um, for UCC Glanmire. Treble winning season last year, so a big season ahead uh, for them. All right, we're going to go back to uh, Porky Cueve. Uh, Ballon Colleagues win today over Carberry. We're going to hear from uh, Ballon Colleague boss Paddy Manning. They booked the semi final spot against the Rangers. It'll be St. Finbars versus Castlehaven in the other semi final. But let's hear now from uh, Paddy Manning, the Ballon Colleague boss, speaking uh, to the assembled media after today's game. Delighted. Um, this was it's quarter final. Um, Good solid performance. Um, conceding 115 isn't we wouldn't be happy about that either. I suppose but yeah, scoring 4-11 I suppose is a, it's decent. Like um, 
I think we, we came into the game with 5 27 the last two games and 4 11 today, so look, we'd be happy enough with that. But conceding 115, I suppose, is, uh, is poor enough really. Two uh, two penalties, yeah, and um, oh, yes, s- 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 some great goals, yeah, some good movements, some good forward movement, I suppose. We're, um, we're in a, a, a nice, a nice uh, attacking outfit, I suppose, so um, yeah, plenty of room for improvement, I suppose. Yeah, I suppose it did really. Um, it came, to, it came to confess really. I suppose, I suppose the fitness levels came came to the fore as well. And um, yeah, look, we didn't shut up shop. I suppose either we kind of panicked a bit, and the black car kind of put us put us uh, uneasy a bit, and then trying to get it gets a bit chaotic in the side there. But um, look, we, we did well for for that period straight after that. I mean, we were lucky to get, to get those two scores. Um, yeah, some good scores, but a lot of poor finishing as well. I haven't seen the white count, but uh, we left. I think six we left. So we left. Nine, more, nine. Yeah, six or nine. We left a lot behind us as well. So look, we know it, it's only a semi-final against Nemo. Um, and the reality so look, we'll have to improve again. That that game will be completely different than, than today's game. In the inner circle, for the last three years as well, we we've we we didn't get a whole pile of luck, and I suppose people. In the media, really, who, you know, who don't go to enough matches and don't see enough matches, they don't because, yeah, yeah <laughs> they, they wouldn't have seen what, what was going on. So look, I think we we you know against Douglas we were really unlucky. Uh, that was a, a 60 meter free to, to equalise. We, we left that game. I suppose we should have won it. Um, we had to beat Valley Rovers, so we did it in in, in our way, really. Um, and and Mallow, I suppose, did us a favour by kicking kicking on in the second half. So. Um, I think it's false, and that that format really it, it can be false enough too. You know what I mean? So look, uh, yeah, look, I think we're in, we're in a decent position after those uh, three games and a bit of confidence, I suppose. Yeah, it does. Yeah, sure. Look, we've a lot of fellas who played in the county in the last ten years. We've a lot of. I, I don't think people realise that we probably started with. I think of the eight of the players that played in the minor final four years ago, played today, played some part seven started. So look, we're a very young team, like, and we have a few old fellas like Galley and uh, Liam Jennings and Sean Cully were outstanding as well today. So um, those young fellas will be, there'll be nothing lost in another performance in Parky Reef today. Like. Yeah, sure, it's Nemo. Sure, look, I suppose after after last night's performance, people will be talking about Nemo, 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 be Castlehaven and, and down in Clannacilty. Nemo, sure, look, we know what it's a, it's a two horse race. Uh, we're in it, and I suppose people didn't expect us to be in it. But I think we deserve to be here after the football, but we're after playing. Did you expect to be in it? Just in the last four championship, given everything you said there about. Well, at the start of the year, we expected to be in the last. We were home to in the last four, yeah, yeah, definitely. The great bench on Cork Sheriff Ennis Bonner collects Podzio Mahoney speaking after today's win over Carberry. Just to wrap things up, the Republic of Ireland uh, under 19 squad was named today uh, for the uh, championship uh, qualifiers. Uh, Ireland taking on Gibraltar, Wales, and Hungary in Group 4. So. Um, the squad was named today. Two Cork City players in it. Uh, two strikers, Marco Manny and Franco Ume. Um, Ireland kicking off their campaign this coming Wednesday against Gibraltar, followed by that clash with Wales on Saturday. And the following Tuesday, it'll be against Hungary. We're going to hear briefly from Ireland boss, Tom Mann. No, obviously, we've had a number of events over the summer months uh, since we played Iceland and doubleheader friendly late May, early June. Uh, those games were really beneficial, obviously, to, you know, to get a look at, at players because there's a quick turnaround from last season, from the elite phase in March, to get ready for this season. Uh, and uh, we had a camp in England there, the beginning of August, and uh, we had over 30 players in on the camp. Like, and also it was a great opportunity with home-based events as well. So we've got to see a lot of players. We've got around a lot of games between my own staff, myself, uh, our scouts in Ireland here and the scouts in England. So we've, we've got to see a lot of players and it's been a difficult task putting the squad together because there are some players, you know, will be very disappointed not in the squad and um, and that's that is a, a difficult process, yeah. Tom, you mentioned there it's a quick turnaround. Is it an advantage having players who featured in the last qualifying campaign still eligible for this qualifying campaign? 
without a doubt, Adam, like, you know, the lads have gained great experience, like, you know, and especially from the elite phase of the games against England and Portugal, like, you know, they've, they've, they've taken a lot from that uh, and they've kicked on in their careers as well. So it, it's, a, it's a great experience and, uh, you know, it'll stand the boys well. The big red bench on Cork's Red FM, and that is Ireland under 19 boss Tom Mon. Right, we are mad out of time. Thanks very much indeed for tuning our way. If you missed the show, if you missed last night's show, the podcast available, redfm.ie, or from wherever you download your podcast from, just search Big Red Bench. We're back next Saturday and Sunday from 6 pm. And uh, up next, Green on Red with Mags Blackburn. Three hours of the best Irish music uh, coming your way right here on Cork's Red FM. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday night, gang. Miss the show? Grab the Big Red Bench podcast at redfm.ie. Corks Red FM.